Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host Christian Ubius. And Christian, I dare say we could both use an iced coffee on this warm Los Angeles evening. Got a heat wave of all heat waves going on right now. How have you been dealing with the heat? You surviving? You melting? Where you at? I ran a half marathon in the heat. This is true. Which is, this is a real thing that you did. Kirk. Which was was questionable decision making on my part. You know, in the long run, I like to think your body will thank you. All the exercise probably good for you. Although in the short term, I'm sure it was a very painful experience. And I hope you're doing okay. Around mile six or seven, my mind turned to mush. And I no longer knew what what up and down were. I no longer knew what words were. You know, you really only needed forward as you get to that point. As long as you keep running, you get to your goal, and you can celebrate. And you, you can learn up and down again later. That, that comes back to you, you know? Pain is temporary, but <laughs> the, the gains are forever. Although you're not lifting, so... We'll, sure, we'll sure, 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 sure. <laughs> but Christian, we're not here to talk about your exercise plan. We are here to begin a brand new blend of the month for the month of September. So for any listeners who uh, missed last week's episode or didn't read the title of this week's episode because they were just freaking excited to get into some new Cinema Drip action, go ahead and introduce the newest Blend of the Month here for the listeners. So we're going to be talking about Viola Davis, the actress. We're going to be choosing three movies in her career. And we're starting off with Doubt, which is from the year 2008. You are correct. Yay. Written and directed by John Patrick Shanley. And it is um, just such a cheerful movie. It's true. Just such a ray of sunshine of a movie. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's not necessarily out and out depressing. Because, of course, the subject matter, as it pertains to the Catholic Church and its treatment, or the suspicions of its treatment of young boys... Obviously, very heavy subject matter, although Doubt, thankfully, feels more like just an adult, serious drama. Not necessarily one where you're plunging to the darkness of the human soul, as some other movies on this topic get to, but I, I do understand what you mean. Christian, I do want to turn it over to you, and, and obviously, we discussed a little bit of the why on last week's episode, but just a refresher as to why you picked Viola Davis for this month, because obviously, she's a great actress, but there's a great many actresses we haven't yet covered on the show or given don't devoted a blend to. So I just want to talk through your thinking and, and how you've been trying to put together this month. So she is my favorite actress. And the have you ever seen How to Get Away with Murder? I have not seen How to Get Away with Murder. But you, you have heard of it, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah, yeah. That was the first place I ever saw her in. And from the first trailer where she says, Welcome to it's like welcome to Criminal Studies one oh one or as I like to call it how to get away with murder and it just gripped me and she has one of the most iconic commanding voices in all I, I think that most of the time when I look at an actor I want someone who has a good voice and she kills it and it's it's fascinating also because when you look at her career she has been in so 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 many films that you have probably seen where she has been a minor character or a background character until she finally kind of burst through in the film we're going to talk about today where people were like oh wow this actress actually is doing something we like and it's a little unfair that she wasn't you know espoused from the very beginning but she's just fantastic and in every single thing even in Suicide Squad 
she's she's she is fantastic in Suicide Squad in a movie that's 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 quite poor quite poor quite poor the she is doing something with this government agent no nonsense figure like when she blows up in the Suicide Squad until someone knocks her out it's gripping and I I wanted to dedicate a a blend to truly one of the best actresses that's working today especially since she is going to be in the woman king which premieres and i want to say about two weeks where she is going to be an action hero and so she in everything she's tackled so far she's proven to be more than capable but she has excelled so i'm looking forward to dissecting the different things that she's been able to do with you I am looking forward to it as well, because I agree with you, although I wouldn't necessarily classify her as one of my favorite actresses, I would say she is one of the best currently working. And something that I think defines Viola Davis is just the absolute refusal to ever phone it in. And even in moments where she totally could, like in Suicide Squad or in some of these other big budget productions that she appears in, she is completely committed to giving an excellent performance. And I think that shows with her success across all different uh, facets of the industry. She was a Tony Award winner before she was an Oscar winner. She's an Emmy winner as well, one of the rare Triple Crown winners, having won Oscar, Tony, and Emmy. And just got to get her a Grammy. We get her to EGOT status there, so we'll have to figure that out. (laughs) It's just someone who, despite the fact that her film breakthrough took a while to happen, was obviously building up a very, very solid body of work, just happened to be that not all of it was on film (laughs) some of it was on the stage some of it was on television but after doubt where she has a a very small amount of screen time and i'm glad that you picked this regardless because it's not necessarily a viola davis movie but it certainly is her big breakthrough in terms of films i'm i'm very curious to see how her you know as we look at other films of hers how her career takes off after that but um, i i want to say i also picked it because she's in about seven minutes of this movie and it, it it's one of those things where she had to use what was given to her, in this case, only seven minutes, to make her mark, which is why she never phones it in. And, I mean, if you look through, if you read through her filmography, I think she was in Ocean's Eleven? Well, she was in she was in Ocean's Eleven, but had an uncredited vo- vocal part. She plays, exactly. like, an interrogator. She had a... She was in Solaris? Yeah, she had a, I, I would say she had a relationship with... Siriana? Soderbergh at the beginning of her career, because a few of the films that she did appear in Are were Are George Clooney. Out of Sight, movies. she appeared in Traffic, she appeared in Uncredited Role in Ocean's Eleven, had a, a role in Siriana, or Solaris as well, but... Yeah, she had she appeared in movies starting in the in the late '90s and into the 2000s, but a lot of them were smaller parts, like nurse, social worker, policewoman. Yeah, and here she's mother. Let's 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 talk about this. So we talk about Viola, but by <laughs> Ola Davis. Perfect. Um, Doubt is a movie. About well, it's it's John Patrick Shanley. I it's not his directorial debut. I want to say he's directed at least one other film before this. Yes, it was uh, <laughs> Joe versus the Volcano, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, yeah, sure. Drastically different tone from what I can understand. <laughs> but <laughs> but he, this is a celebrated play. And it deals with an accusation labeled by a nun against the priest in charge of her school 
in the 1970s. It was right after Kennedy was shot. Yeah, so, so late 60s. Late 60s, yeah. So it was late 60s. And uh, Viola Davis is playing the mother of the kid who has purportedly entered into a very inappropriate relationship with this priest. Now, look, people, I, I think that the, the views on doubt vary wildly across the spectrum, but this is a movie that had four Academy Award nominations for its acting, which is not something that happens nowadays. Extremely rare. I mean, it, it rarely happened ever, <laughs> even just on the nomination side. Obviously, none of them won for these roles, unfortunately, but... Yeah, very All of them very are stellar. Rare. Yes, real like really truly excellent performances. So, that in and of itself shows you, yeah, this has some play characteristics. But um, I did want to talk about the 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 plot of it. So it th that is the premise, and so Meryl Streep is playing the principal of this school, and Amy Adams is one of the teachers at this school who brings up what she has noticed of the priest who's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman to Meryl Streep who confronts him and then decides to speak to the mother of the kid who is Viola Davis. That is in in and of itself the the bare bones of it all. Should, is there anything else we should talk about before going into it? The, the one major thing that I want to say is because of course this is a, a an episode centered around Viola Davis's career and her performance here Although it is a small part in the movie, just time-wise, it comes late in the film and she reveals some pretty key plot and character details about other people in the movie. So I will say this is going to be a pretty spoiler-laden conversation. As much as you can spoil a movie like Doubt, where, there, as you can guess from the title, it's not necessarily the cleanest conclusion to all of these characters and their stories. But I will say if you have not seen the movie and are curious to watch it before we discuss it here, I would recommend you do that as when we discuss Viola Davis's performance and what her character has to say to uh, the person she's in a scene with, it does reveal some key information about another character. So just want people to know that as we get into this episode. That being said, are you ready for your opening question? I sure am, Christian. There we go. Four Academy Award nominations for acting, four powerhouse performances. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, Meryl Streep, Viola Davis. Of these four, which one were you most impressed by? That's a difficult question. I think in part because I may have had a different reaction if I saw this in 2008 than watching it now, where unfortunately one of these people has passed on, and so that's how we're thinking about them. Another one, you know, two of them have entered different phases of their, I mean, actually all of them have entered different phases of their career, where Meryl Streep has kind of exited this stage where she's getting Oscar nominations for every movie she makes, and it's now still around, but is entering that kind of final phase of her career. Amy Adams is still searching for that Oscar, and so she was once probably one of my favorite actresses, one of the biggest movie stars of, her, of a time, and now still kind of searching for that right way back into the spotlight. And Viola Davis is one of the best actresses working, and <laughs> like in another take on this, uh, on this story, she's probably cast in the Meryl Streep role, <laughs> just in terms of prestige, you know? Uh, and so it, it's hard to say, and I think... Watching it in the, in the moment, it, it probably would be Viola Davis, who just jumps out of the screen at you. But for me, the person who made the strongest impression was Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I think part of that is because of the fact that he is no longer with us, and he has not been giving us performances for the last um, ten, eight or nine years, however it's been, how long, however long it's been since he passed. But his Father Flynn, I think, captures so much of what is 
what he was able to bring to the screen in terms of playing these complicated individuals. And sometimes he played out-and-out scumbags. But sometimes he played good people or people where you never really know if they were good or bad. And that's the, the key problem here with Father Flynn. You cast somebody who is any creepier and it's hard to get on his side at all. It's hard to buy into his defense for his position, his relationship with the, the young student. And of course, if you cast somebody without his acting skill, they maybe can't sell that the possibility or the reality that maybe he actually has done something wrong and he has done something dark and, and shameful. And his he is the one who jumped out of the screen at me partially because I, I just miss the fact that he's not still out there acting. So I, I, I know it's, it's our Viola Davis episode here. I don't mean to draw attention from her because I really want to dive into her scene because it's absolutely killer. It's stellar. Uh, and, and I just, I was thinking about PSH the most, I think. But what about you? What, what's your answer to the same question? Probably say Meryl Streep. And it's, it, it's interesting because, so she is the unlikable principal of the school. Sister Aloysius. And yet she is tasked with being the unlikable character who is waging war against the likable character who has done something awful. Now, Amy Adams and Viola Davis have have interesting parts to this. Because Amy Adams is the the innocent flower in her eyes nun who wants to believe the best in this priest. And so as, as she she struggles to do what is right and she struggles to believe whether or not his his character is good or not, um, her entire her entire demeanor is changing. She is like that she has always been, I think, wonderful at playing the innocent. or, or at least someone who is so hungry to take in information. Yeah, I mean, when you think about her, just, like, her as an actress, like, even just her physical form, like, she has very soft features, very, like, uh, very, like, almost cherubic at times, especially with, like, the, the red hair, very, like, all-American girl look, uh, which sometimes, of course, she plays against, but sometimes she totally leans into, and a part like Sister James totally leans into that openness, that kindness, that softness that she brings. That being said, let's let's start with our with our subject for the month so her okay all right how how to do this how to do this she comes in in the middle of the movie we're talking viola davis yes yeah i actually i took a note from you as you had jotted down some time stamps <laughs> was it for john wick i believe or was that you were for very angry at me for I, taking <laughs> time stamps for john but wick. just wanted to take a note because i i'd seen this movie before but i watched it in school i barely remembered anything about it uh, and so I wanted to take a note because I know the one thing I did remember is that she's not in it for very much time. And it was right about one hour and six minutes. I think it's something like one hour, five minutes and 50 some seconds for those of you who prefer the specific details. And 50 then, some. Yes, 50 some. <laughs> and then there's in between her scene that she shares with Meryl Streep, there is, uh, they, they do jump to, I, I forget if it's Father Flynn or Sister James, but do jump to one of them. And then they cut back to Meryl and Viola, and at the conclusion of that scene, it is one hour, seventeen minutes, and forty-two seconds. So, just over, minutes. yeah, just over 10, 11 minutes where she is in the film. Only, like you said, seven or eight minutes of actual screen time because there is that interruption. Okay, so she's there. Twelve minutes of the film. She's in there at the end. They show her at the end. Okay, 
So let's let's they let's yes. let's build the scene. We 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 have you know Meryl Streep calling the mother in order to tell her that her son and and she's going about this in a very roundabout way because what is the best way to tell a parent that their child might be being groomed, you know? Or 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 entering into something that is be, being taken advantage of in one of the most perverted ways possible yeah. by a man in charge of a religion that should be offering a safe haven especially when this is the late 60s and they are a black family and this is a black child right there's much is made about the fact that donald who is the the young uh, student here that donald is the only black student at the school he's the, the first one maybe admitted. the first one admitted yeah. yeah and so going roundabout to try and tell her character this she finally asks her what she means she tells it outright and the mother's response is is quite interesting because yes it is a desire for this to not have happened if it actually is happening but also it's how can you be sure what is your proof has he said anything now um give me give me some of your thoughts give me give me some of your thoughts yeah i i think what what is great about this moment is it's not just two of the greatest actresses we've ever had on film sharing a scene together. Uh, one, of course, at the point where she is breaking into the mainstream as it pertains to film. But there's so much that complicates this moment, where, of course, the Millers and their race is unfortunately a part of the story. Yes. Late 60s, and you get the sense that Mrs. Miller doesn't want to cause a scene, because as she shares with Sister Aloysius... If Donald is able to graduate, because he's an 8th grader, if he's able to graduate from this middle school, he gets better options for going to high schools, which means better high school, better opportunity at going to college. And that literally changes the trajectory of his life. And so you can you get the sense that she is trying to hold this in. And not only is there social and societal pressure on her, but there's also this much smaller family dynamic that she's dealing with where her husband, it sounds like, is not a very good man. He's his kid. violent towards Donald, yes. Yeah. And part of that she reveals in the scene is that because Donald is gay. gay. Yeah. And so there's a whole new layer added to this story where not only is, uh, is Donald in danger if, if something like this were to come out, but Father Flynn is the only person who actually shows, he's the only man in Donald's life, who actually shows him love and care, attention and, and tenderness, and doesn't expect anything of him but to be, at least hopefully, a good student, a good Catholic. And the way that Davis carries herself through this scene as she slowly like, starts to bend under the pressure of Sister Aloysius and eventually breaks down, is it's just an, a masterclass of making the most of it in terms of screen time. And reminding us that she's absolutely worthy of that Oscar nomination she received for so short screen time. Because her performance is devastating. And sells one of the most important moments in the entire movie. Let's talk about theater in action. Which is an entire class that I didn't take but I know is offered at Northwestern. <laughs> and, and this is why. Because at every playwriting class that I took, they said, what you need to write is theater in action. Uh, I, I do want to ask you what you thought of this being translated from the stage to the screen, but Mrs. Miller, as soon as she shows up, says that she only has a half hour. And not even that, really, because by the end of that half hour, she needs to be at work. 
This is a working class family, one that is sending their child here for because he could have, what was it, that he was being beaten or might have been killed at his previous school. Yeah, I mean, obviously not a, not yeah, not a great time to be a black student in the public school system. No. Uh, yeah, and being the, bullied at least, yeah. The desire is that if he makes it through the school year, he has a better chance of getting into a better high school, which means that he might have a shot of actually going to college. The father is beating his kid for being gay. The other students here make fun of the kid for being black. Outside of that, um, this, this, you know, this accusation has been levied, and the desire is to take down the priest, who is the only source, as you said, of sanctuary for this kid. Which, uh, of course, if he's exploiting that, then absolutely take that guy down. Take that guy down. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just saying. And as all of this is being unfurled between the conversation of these two, she is walking to work. And she needs to get to work. And she needs to go there to provide for her family. Right. She, she literally has to take the conversation on the go because Sister Aloysius offers to walk with her. Partially to make sure that she can actually communicate this to Mrs. Miller, but also partially because she can then get away from the school and get away from Father Flynn and speak this in private. And and, and the, the what was it? Miss Miller says something. It's like, let him have him then. And and the reason that she says this, this truly awful phrase is because what should this mother's appropriate response be? And I, what, what, what? Uh, Streep's character says, "What kind of mother are you?" And even in this in this thing, it's like no matter what decision is made, someone is losing. The kid will continue to be beaten by his father. The kid will continue to be made fun of by the ki other kids in school. And the, we've seen that in the movie. We've seen them bully him when Father Flynn's not around. The kid will continue to look for a, another role model and be confused as to how to proceed. This is this an actress can't just phone that in, and these two actresses were damn. Yeah, I think too another another element that she's able to capture and and bring to the story here is that this this not only is important for the thematic significance, of course, for Black Americans in the '60s during the Civil Rights Movement, and you know Catholics trying to understand what's going on in terms of abuse and, and that whole separate situation. But this also is incredibly important for Sister Aloysius because she is portrayed consistently. She's spoken of as others and portrays herself and carries herself with this confidence and certainty. In, in sort of the certainty that someone who was absolutely resolute in their faith often brings. She is, like, truly believes that she is right and that her ways are right in all things and she's constantly making making note of situations throughout the movie or making note of the details about people that she dislikes for example she complains about a student who uses a ballpoint pen and then notes that father flynn uses ballpoint pens too and that's just one more one more mark against him uh what actually when we even are introduced to her in the movie she's walking in the church on a sunday smacking the back of kids heads and breaking up conversations to ensure they're paying attention to the homily and so not only is she trying to figure out what actually happened to Donald, if anything did happen to Donald, but she's certain that something went down and that Father Flynn has to take the fall for it. And of course, there, what Shanley does in the, in the script is he 
We're using these little moments where she may not be correct, and she out and out says, I'm certain of it even though I have no proof. But there's all these little details that go to show how she may not be right. And in this scene, we get to see the complications and the grayness of life, obviously given a physical form and given a person to look at and to talk to that Sister Aloysius has to confront. Because Mrs. Miller, although it's, it is horrific if that actually happened to her son, is willing to doubt that she's right and hope and pray to God, literally, that it didn't happen, her son is okay, and that Father Flynn will keep investing in him and allow him to have a good year at the school and to graduate. She's willing to doubt that. And Sister Aloysius, you can see her mind racing to try to keep up with this. It's and, a total and, shock to her system. And even if even if part of this is true, because she would only deem herself to believe that part of it is true, she says he only needs to survive till June, at which point the school year ends, at which point he enters a different school. So it's it's quite like the 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 entire world hangs on every word uh now let's talk about this being translated from stage to screen because i think that this is very very well directed especially because like i said no one is ever just the camera is never just resting somewhere watching someone give a monologue no, people are writing notes down. Father Flynn is constantly, constantly writing notes. We see Sister James constantly looking at her class, the editing showing the different people in the class, different students around the school going about just soft nuances. This is a very soft film in terms of no one's out and right, you know, there's not even like a giant argument there are some I mean, there's some there no no, no, no. this arguments. is why I, this is why i say this no one ever says the word rape no one here is ever saying you know outright the word child abuse it is like an inappropriate relationship when father flynn argues yes he yells at one point and begins to cry but it is after a long time of keeping his composure most of these women are trying to keep their composure. Mrs. Miller, it is not until the final one or two minutes that she actually stops and raises her voice. It is a quiet movie. And I, I, I think that, you know, theater has the reputation for it's like, a, what, what is the most acting that you can do? Right. You have to act for the backup house you so that everybody can see what you're doing. Row. Yeah. And they're not doing that. Well, I mean, they are distinct. They are very, very good. And, and the camera is doing a wonderful job of always staying at, on them despite moving to keep up with their movements. But in and of itself, it's showing how the soft nuances, even the score, which is so subtle, are, are coming to a head here. How everything is not soft. Everything is not pristine. This school is not just going about the way a regular school would be because a priest wants to have an inappropriate relationship with a kid. Unless you doubt that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really great adaptation, and obviously sometimes playwrights adapting their own work, it kind of, it doesn't translate necessarily, but with Shanley having a, a career in Hollywood, uh, obviously building off of his career in theater, it was very familiar, I, I assume, in how to write a good script. This wasn't even his first Oscar-nominated screenplay, and so he knew what he was doing in terms of not just adapting the words, but also then giving it its, its look. And he worked with Roger Deakins, who's the cinematographer here, who... I'm a huge fan of Deacons. It's always exciting to see his name pop up at the beginning of a movie. 
he is probably one of the best cinematographers around, although he's, he's pretty advanced in age these days. He won his very first Oscar recently, and he won again <laughs> right after that, that long, long recognition of his career. But he, again, gives a, a very muted look to the story. It's a very limited color palette, very toned down, very cool color palette. It's also around it's fall, the beginning of the school year, so not a lot of bright colors in, in summer, no Christmas decorations lighting up and flashing around. But he also uses occasional, he'll, he'll mix other techniques in to kind of heighten the visual storytelling in any given scene as well. Like he uses a lot of uh, canted angles or Dutch angles, whatever you want to call them, where the camera is askew as it's looking at a character as we continue to get the sense that not all is right in the parish. And he, he works in enough, you know, old, you know, pulls things out of the bag of tricks like that often enough to really like zhuzh up <laughs> what could have been a very stagey movie with a lot of just conversations in rooms he and of course shanley as he directs give a lot of life to uh, the adaptation here the dutch angles are are always they always kind of like creep up on you and they're never there for that long and then you return to an uncanted angle and that's so cool because it's just always like a the world is on its side now um we We've, we've talked about the performances, the translation, the directing, the, um, we've talked about Viola Davis and, and what she did with her scene. Let's just finish off with talking about the script. Or uh, we, we haven't talked a ton about Philip Seymour Hoffman. We haven't talked a ton about Amy Adams. We, we, do, we, do you have anything left to mention about those performances? I mean, it, like the fact that we got a movie with these four actors and it is... Just incredible. That is real. <laughs> yeah. like, and, and exciting to look back, or exciting but also mournful to look back and realize this is a small, quiet drama adapting a Broadway play that picked up five Oscar nominations and made over $50 million at the box office where you're just like, man, those were good times. Uh, but, it, yeah, it, it's a movie that makes me miss Hoffman for some of the reasons I said earlier. Where He's able to even kind of understanding his persona on screen kind of play up the potential wrongdoing of father flynn while also bringing that warmth and sincerity that if it's not true that father flynn actually has and we see the ways that he genuinely cares for the students and it's only when his more easygoing and progressive forward-thinking nature comes up against sister aloysia's conservative a certain nature that he starts to break down and crumble. And obviously, Amy Adams playing Sister James, who's sort of torn between these two influences on her life, playing that type of character, of course, isn't easy because you can't really belie where... You can't always belie where you are going... The character's going to land. And the fact that she's able to sort of give Sister James her Aloysius and Flynn moments throughout the movie. Like, there's a, a great scene where... She consistently tries to be warm and understanding with her students, but there's one moment where she just absolutely cracks in the classroom and sends one kid to the to the principal's office. He comes back, and she's yelling at him and realizes in that moment she is not really behaving like she wants to, and she actually apologizes to the student as the kid is kind of like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, you know? And it's, it's moments like that where you really see how she is so torn between these two people. How she might naturally be like Father Flynn, that progressive, optimistic thinking. But if she to... had, if she had any sort of cynicism to her, 
her part wouldn't work. Right. The same way if Philip Seymour Hoffman's father Flynn was at all unlikable, it would not work. But you just see him playing basketball, teaching the kids basketball. Or, or it, it just like, not creepy, legitimately kind. And, and Sister Aloysius has everything stacked against her. No one likes her. And she reveals that she has had to deal with this before. And when she reveals that, you're like, oh, well, I, you know, it kind of makes sense why you, you, you're you not a big fan of the world. I mean, absolutely. And and the fact that she is... A, and she's a so dumb, smart. Yeah, wicked smart. And the fact that she is absolutely dedicated to her school and her students to the point where she will go to the lengths that she goes to to oust a priest who might be doing this to a student. There, there is something admirable in that, of course. This, yes. Although part of it we, we start to understand is maybe more about her ego and her pride we also understand that for her, at least on the surface, it really is about protecting the students and not wanting this this evil influence to be let to continue to run loose in the school. And so everybody here is complicated. It is extremely complicated. And obviously, Viola does that in seven, eight minutes of screen time. Stroop gets a whole movie to do it. But even but so, there's Street no one here is simply and, and simply summed up. This this is this is the thing though. Streep did not get to that point for me, where she I recognized how masterful everything she was doing. I'm like, man, this accent is real heavy. It's like, what exactly is her character going for? Did she, is she really trying to to do this twist on us? Like it was three quarters of the movie in where I'm like, oh, everything she's done has been perfect. Viola Davis in seven minutes was like, here you go. Gonna gonna give this now. Now I'm gonna go back. Buy some food. <laughs> Have a good old time. Um, let's 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 talk about the script. The script holds its cards very close. Like you infer that it's an inappropriate relationship between between Donald and Father Flynn, but it's not outright to state it for a bit. And it's just a lot of beating around the bush, which is so cool and interesting. For example, a, a a talk about whether or not during the winter, whatever, the winter ball or the winter... The Christmas pageant. The Christmas pageant, they should sing Frosty the Snowman, but no, Frosty the Snowman's heretical or some blasphemous because it promotes magic. Yeah, yeah. Sister I, I, Aloysius, <laughs> of course, has a problem because of the, the magic inherent in the Frosty the Snowman tale, of course, is not... Will biblical, lead the children of space, Scott. It will, of course it will. It, it, and... And yet, in all of these conversations, like Father Flynn showing Sister James the flowers that he uses to put apart his Bible, or or, or the small conversations between um, him and the kids over how to shoot that basketball, just leads you to to what's 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 the best way to these actors get to play, because the script isn't really revealing much. It, it feels more so like the script is made for the actor to use then the script itself is the strong point does does that make sense i mean i think it's just perfect harmony where you yes. have these excellent actors and a really really strong script that's filled with with lines that are just like so punchy and they snag you like i actually wrote a couple down because they're so good right like at the very beginning when father flynn is giving the first homily in the opening scene that is about doubt and he says doubt can be a bond as powerful and sustaining as certainty which is one of those meaty things that's it sounds priestly and pastorly, but also it does get you thinking. Oh, that is 
an interesting thought, down and certainty, and what's the relationship there? Uh, but they also, he, you know, Shanley also gives Sister Aloysius some good digs where Streep gets this moment later on where she's able to say about Father Flynn referencing his past, a dog that bites is a dog that bites. And it's so simple, but it sums up her belief in people's nature and the certainty that she has about people. And it does it in, in so well, and essentially saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but in, in a new and, uh, of course, sardonic way. Well, uh, when, when great, yeah. in, in the great confrontation between Flynn and Aloysius, when, um, because you've come to understand he has not been at this parish for long, he has been transferred there from somewhere else. And he asked her if she has spoken to the people at the previous parish. She says yes, and he goes... Good, the pastor told you then. And she goes, I spoke to a nun. It's like you should have spoken to a pastor. I spoke to a nun. And the entire understanding being that maybe the pastor you know will say whatever he does, but a nun has no such obligation to do so because they're trying to follow a chain of command. And therefore, the, the terror in his eyes when she says that or she, um, oh, what is it? When, when she is 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 bringing up how the light went off again because the light bulb above her head keeps you know extinguishing it's like a all of a sudden intense moment boom that electricity oh i liked it <laughs> i want to ask christian as a, especially as we think about the script what did you make of the ending because the way that everything wraps up which you know if you listen thus far you're aware of the spoiler warning so i'm just going to talk about it uh, as the movie ends, it's winter time. Sister James returns to the school. She had left to care for an, uh, her brother who was sick. And she returns to the school and, and um, sits with Sister Aloysius in the garden. And Sister Aloysius explains that Father Flynn has in fact left. And ironically, he took a transfer to a different parish that ultimately was sort of a promotion. As it goes in the Catholic Church, he was able to take over a larger uh, congregation and so she is frustrated that after all of this situation went down he then gets what amounts to uh, you know a promotion to a, a quote-unquote bigger better church and as they talk it through uh, Aloysius is convinced of her of his guilt but also confesses that she lied and never actually made that phone call to the other church never actually made that call to the other nun she assumed that if he fell for it that his reaction and eventual resignation would be his confession of guilt. Or even if he never out and out said, I did this to Donald and I did it to someone else, if he, was, if he wasn't guilty, he would have said, well, he would have, you know, stayed and said, you didn't speak to a nun, this never happened. She takes his resignation as his admission. But in this moment where she has now lied to get to the right answer, she is struggling herself. Because earlier, she did say to Sister James that, uh, something to the effect of, in the pursuit of wrongdoing, sometimes you must take a step away from God in the hopes that you're able to, of course, make a wrong right and return to God. And that's exactly what Aloysius did. She told this big lie that ultimately achieved the end she was going for. I, I, okay. And the film ends with her saying... That she has doubts. Crying, breaking down, and saying, I have doubts. I have such doubts. I, I, I really enjoyed this ending because it's a, it's a line, and it's almost a throwaway line. Where they talk about how he has been moved to a new parish and in that parish he has been promoted because he's also head of the school connected to it there are more children 
there are more children and all this sister could do that was in her power and and she did so was remove him from her school and it's not it, it's like a she did this thing that required a tremendous amount of effort a tremendous amount of needing convincing of manipulation all for even him moral sacrifice moral sacrifice that she's not even sure of I, and it almost seems like it's not in vain she, she it's not in vain except that she's not even sure of what she did and he could just go on and continue to do this because why was he removed from the previous parish in the first place therefore it, it, it's like a not not just what she has saved her school from but what she's failed to do is brought to the surface because she can't necessarily she doesn't have any proof so she can't just oust him from every single school and he is her chain of command and therefore it's like a the, the futility of it and it's the same futility we saw with mrs miller this is the world that we're living in and we need to operate it to the best that we can and it's i'm glad that you bring back mrs miller because like Sister Aloysius understood is that sometimes people are excessively complicated. You can't fully grasp uh, a whole person or a whole situation. And Mrs. Miller is the essence of that complication. She's willing to let this happen to her son if it means he ha he'll have a better life going forward, as, as wrong as, or as right as that may be. And we see the ways that Aloysius then runs into this doubt and breaks. Because throughout the film, she is not only certain, but extremely composed. She never lets her emotions slip through unless it gets, you know, rising anger or defensiveness. And she cracks and breaks down and confesses that she has her own doubts for the very first time. And I love the way that Shanley ends the story because, of course, it doesn't actually land on an answer. And we don't, we can make a guess as to whether Father Flynn was guilty or not, but there's a perfectly acceptable reading that maybe he just didn't want to deal with Sister Aloysius. Maybe he left the previous parish because of a someone just like him who did not accept him and the, his progressive ways of thinking and got in his way and threatened him in a similar fashion after a similar type of relationship with a student that was normal caring and, and not inappropriate and so maybe he just chose to move on and get out of it and it leaves that open to us and that's does. what i love about the ending and and before sister Lucius has said that she has had to deal with this before so even if father flynn is not someone who enters inappropriate relationships with children or rapes them, then she has had to deal with other priests who probably have. And that's like, that is the backdrop to, to all that we've seen. I like this movie. I mean, yeah, Doubt is, is a very, very good movie. And, and obviously heavy subject matter, so be mindful as you engage with it yourself, as yeah. you should with any of these types of stories. But... It's just one of those movies that, I don't know, it's not my favorite movie of all time, of course. Not my favorite, uh, like, Meryl Streep or Amy Adams or Philip Seymour Hoffman performance or movie, Viola Davis movie. But one of those that you just, you, you feel like you've eaten a, a nice, rich, full-course meal yeah. after you've watched it. It's just, it's, it's really, really good, and I would absolutely recommend it to anybody who's listening to the show here and has not yet gotten to see it. And... And that's it. And that's it. Doubt is unfortunately not streaming too many places for free right now. It's on now. Pluto TV. It's on Pluto TV if you're a Pluto user, which I think Pluto is free. It is so, free. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, of course, you can be like me, right? It's from Amazon, or you can 
probably borrow it from the library depending on the size of your local library, so check it out. It's definitely one to watch. And of course, Christian, this Viola Davis Blend of the Month has only just begun. So go ahead and share with both the listeners and me where we're going next week. We're going from Oscar nomination to Oscar win. We're going to talk about Fences, which was, it's based on the play by August Wilson. And I think, I think he's the credited screenwriter. And, and even though he died like 11 years, 12 years earlier. Let's find out. But directed by Denzel Washington, and it stars both of them. And she won for Best Supporting Actress, and this was the role that she played on Broadway for which she won Best Actress for, I believe. So, yeah, it's streaming on Prime. It is streaming on Prime. I gotta say, I'm actually excited to see this. It's one that I missed in that Oscar year, and I just never got around to actually watching, so I'm glad now to have a chance to do so because of course not only is viola davis an incredible actress and it'll be great to see her oscar winning role but i mean denzel is denzel <laughs> so to see the two of them act across from one another is going to be a treat um in terms of yeah he is the august wilson is the credited writer so we'll have to dive into why next week and then of course if you reach this point is our show and we thank you so much for listening obviously we love to watch these movies and discuss them and to know that there are folks out there listening and following along with us means the world so thank you so much for listening there are a few things you can do to support the uh, podcast number one go ahead and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or review helps us reach new listeners we love to shout out those five-star reviews here on the show helps warm my my tender little heart and and christian's uh normal-sized human heart so Please do leave us a rating. Is your heart not normal, Christian? Okay, so so you're making it sound like you have, like, I don't know, a, a, a regular heart, and I have, like, an aortic malfunction. I said you had a normal-sized heart. I specifically said normal. Normal human heart. You're trying, to, you're trying to make fun of the size of my heart. Yeah, you got a lame heart, Christian. So that's why you should leave those reviews for Christian's weird heart. And, of course, you can also... Support us in a few other ways. The number one way that we would request is actually to send us an email to cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. Love to get listener feedback. And we obviously want to be discussing shows and designing blends around the things that you want to listen to and talk about and, and, and watch along with us. And so please send us your ideas because we greatly appreciate it. If there's a Viola Davis performance you want to make sure that we touch on this month, go ahead and send us an email. And I can we can we say what we'll be doing at the end of the month? You want to give that away, Christian? Uh, it's our top five Viola Davis performances. Yes. So after we talk through some of her most notable roles, we'll actually share our respective top fives. And so if you have a movie that you want to make sure gets a mention at the end of the month, send it in because we'd love to shout you and your pick out. So again, that's cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, and the both of us on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. So with that, Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? Um, if you're going to run a half marathon during a heat wave, be, you know, be careful. Drink water and Gatorade and ginger ale. Ginger ale? That's what I drink. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting choice. So you make fun of my heart, now you make fun of my training? Wow. Yeah, I mean, ginger ale's great, but why would you drink it while you're running a half marathon? Because I don't, I didn't have other stuff. Anyway, folks, until next time, this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast. <laughs>